Welcome to the Sent from Disneyland podcast. Here age relives fond memories of the past. If it's your first time joining us, welcome. On this podcast, we'll take a journey into the past and explore Disneyland and Disneyland history with mementos, snapshots, and postcards sent from Disneyland from 1955 to the present. The postcards from this episode will be viewable on Instagram at sentfromdisneyland or on my website, sentfromdisneyland.com. Today I'm starting off by thanking my patrons from patreon.com. You can join in and receive mail from my desk or for my trips to Disneyland. I'm currently working on some new patron benefits. Patrons can sign up for as little as a dollar per month. Special thanks to Random Olive, the first patron to this podcast, and to the e-ticket patrons to Nia, Eric Daniels, Monica Seats Vega, Joe Gamble, Scott Booker, Russ Romano, Michael and Christina Cross, Mary Henderson, and Sheila Harry. C-Ticket patrons Serious Inquiries Only, Debbie Weinstein, Jennifer Schneep, Ruby McDowell, Grace Coat, Scott Cagle, and Ben and Noel Bruning, B-Ticket patron The Disney Rewind Podcast, and to the A-Ticket patrons Elise Sharp, Zealot Infinity, Alexis Robles, Maggie and Henry Byers, Angelique and the Block, and The All Aboard Podcast. I am your host, your post-host Clocky, and today we have two postcards sent from Disneyland. The front of our first postcard has the Monsanto Hall of Chemistry. You can see a few guests entering the building, and on the far right you can see three flags from the Tomorrowland entrance. On the back it reads, In Disneyland, millions have visited Monsanto's chemical company's Hall of Chemistry, one of Tomorrowland's most popular attractions. Inside the fascinating exhibits tell the story of Monsanto and where creative chemistry works wonders for you. It's postmarked June 5, 1958, with an Alameda, California Naval Air Station cancel and a two-cent red Jefferson postage stamp, Scott number 1033. I assume they visit the park on Saturday, May 31st, when park hours were from 10 a.m. to midnight. The weather was a high of 76 and a low of 60. Park attendance that day was 29,418. It's addressed to a Mrs. Emma Butel of Vallejo, California. It reads, 6-4. Hi, we were down to Disneyland over the holiday. Went down Friday, came back Sunday. Enjoyed it. Very nice. Harry kept saying Emma ought to see this. Wish you and Ed were along. Love, Lucy, and Harry. Before we delve into Tomorrowland, it is funny to note that Monsanto created and printed this postcard, boasting the Hall of Chemistry as one of Tomorrowland's most popular attractions. Also, Lucy and Harry visited on Memorial Day weekend, when Memorial Day was observed on May 31st, unless the 31st landed on a weekend. Looking at the original Tomorrowland in my vintage guidebooks and maps, it is incredible to see how much has changed over the history of the park. This month, we're taking a look into Tomorrowland's past, starting with opening day through 1959. Opening day at Disneyland's Tomorrowland had very few attractions. Guests could walk from the hub into Tomorrowland and pass the world clock. To the right of the world clock was Monsanto's Hall of Chemistry, a free walkthrough attraction, and to the left, another show building which housed Circa-Rama, a 360-degree movie experience, and Space Station X-1, an A-ticket attraction made to look like guests were in a space station looking down to Earth, eventually renamed Satellite View of America. Though the buildings these attractions were in are still there, Circa-Rama was the only attraction to make it into the 1990s. The Autopia, although the track has been changed over the years, is the only attraction in Tomorrowland left standing from the first day of the park. Its entrance was at the far end of Tomorrowland, close to where it still is today. In 1955, the only places to eat in Tomorrowland included the Space Bar and the Yacht Club, both of which sold burgers, hot dogs, and soda. Looking at my 1955 replica map and my 1956 and 1957 guidebooks, they all have similar descriptions of Tomorrowland. They read, 
a daring world of hopes and dreams, a living blueprint of our future. Enter the realm of the unexplored and let your pulse quicken as the future becomes a reality. In Tomorrowland, you may take a trip to the moon in a TWA rocket, flash through the air in an astrojet, or see America from a space station. Science and industry combine to bring you a preview of tomorrow's living as you explore and enjoy the many futuristic shows and exhibits. Some of the homages to the original Tomorrowland that still exists at the park include the Astro Orbiter, which is similar to the Astro Jet's attraction, and the TWA Moonliner is referenced by the rocket ship in front of the Pizza Planet restaurant. The first two years of Tomorrowland saw the addition of the Skyway, bringing guests to and from Fantasyland, strange exhibits like the crane exhibit on Bathrooms of the Future, which I discussed in episode 4 of this podcast, the Milk Bar, and the exhibit Aluminum in our future. Tomorrowland was a place where Disneyland showcased the Disney Studios animation and movies. There's a 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea exhibit, and the art corner, mentioned in episode 100 of this podcast, sat across from each other. The last major change to Tomorrowland before 1959 was the addition of a train station for the Disneyland Railroad. The Tomorrowland station was tucked away behind the Skyway. I'm excited again about the stamps available for this weekend's Enfield Post Sunday sale. Thursday, there was a preview post for a woman's suffrage postage stamp that would look great on a Main Street USA postcard. You can head over to EnfieldPost.com and explore all the different vintage postage stamps you can use on your next card or letter. That's E-N-F-I-E-L-D-P-O-S-T on Instagram or EnfieldPost.com for your wedding and vintage postage needs. Enfield Post is the official postage stamp sponsor of the Sent from Disneyland podcast. The front of our next postcard has the Nautilus submarine coming out from under the waterfall in Disneyland's Tomorrowland. On the back it reads, Submarine Falls. The mysterious depths of the legendary Seven Seas have been brought to reality for passengers aboard one of Disneyland's air-conditioned submarines. Guests enjoy looking through the portholes and to view the underwater panorama of sunken treasure, mermaids, sea serpents, and beautiful flora and fauna of the undersea world. It's postmarked April 13, 1960, with an Anaheim Pray for Peace cancel and a three-cent purple Liberty postage stamp, Scott number 1035. I assume they visit the park on Tuesday, April 12th, when park hours were from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. The weather was a high of 71 and a low of 49. Park attendance that day was 22,193. It's addressed to a Mr. and Mrs. William Bansimer of San Francisco, California. It reads... Dear May and Bill, having a wonderful time. Weather nice, very cool. Stayed at Santa Monica Sunday night. We are going to Knott's Berry Farm now. Love, Muriel, Bill, Rachel, and Carolyn. Before we go further into the editions of Tomorrowland, I forgot to mention the 1957 edition of The House of the Future. It was a Tomorrowland attraction, but stood out as it was located near the Tomorrowland entrance and closer to the hub. I go in detail about The House of the Future on episode 33. The biggest additions to Tomorrowland happened with the 1959 expansion and the addition of the e-ticket. Tomorrowland gained the submarine voyage and the monorail. The monorail essentially replaced the Viewliner, a short-lived attraction mentioned in episode 23 of this podcast. I recently acquired a summer 1959 special insert for the Disneyland guidebooks. The opening statement attributed to Walt reads, When Disneyland first opened four years ago, I said it would never be completed, that it would continue to grow and that there would be always something new and different for you and your family to enjoy. Since 1955, all of us at Disneyland have been kept busy fulfilling that promise. This past year has been an especially busy one. In June, we unveiled an area of brand new attractions between Tomorrowland and Fantasyland. 
On these pages, Artist Drawings will introduce you to these new adventures in Disneyland. Today, there are 48 attractions in the Magic Kingdom compared to the 22 on opening day. We hope that you and your family will have as much fun taking part in these adventures as we had in creating them for you. And when you return to visit us again, we expect to have still more new experiences awaiting you. This special insert was a simple four-page addition to the guidebook and had some concept art as the attractions were completed and immediately opened. The next guidebook with the 1959 copyright has more official photos of the three new attractions, but lists the Matterhorn in both Fantasyland and Tomorrowland. This incoming postcard is sponsored by the Art Throwdown. Art Throwdown, or ATD, is an online craft hour on Instagram, starting at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific. I saw some of Tuesday's ATD, hosted by paper artist Russ Romano. He was coloring in a bird postcard. Plus, I caught some of Thursday's ATD with a, with a special and new guest host. It's great to stop in for an hour and watch someone craft or design something unique. Each host brings something a little different to each show. I'll list some of the regular hosts, or you can follow Russ Romano 2021 on Instagram. The front of my incoming postcard has a man wearing a subway map on a hooded jacket on a New York street. It's postmarked May 26, 2022, with a New York, New York cancel and a Celebrate 41 cent postage stamp, Scott number 4196. It reads, Hey buddy, I can't believe I'm celebrating my 20th anniversary of moving to New York City. I have lived here longer than any other place in the world. Love always, RR. Thank you so much for the postcard, Russ. I also just celebrated living in my current house for the past 10 years, and the longest time at one address in my adult life. Russ has taught me a lot about mailing postcards over the past years that we've known each other. One is to add a return address, which usually helps if a postcard gets lost in the mail or is undeliverable for some reason. Russ also uses stickers to note that the postcard is going to a stamp collector and not to pin cancel the stamp. I dislike when a stamp has been marred by a ballpoint pen or a sharpie to show that the stamp has been used. Thanks for listening to Sent from Disneyland. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and tell your friends. It would be awesome to share your favorite episode. There are over 100 episodes to choose from. It would also help to leave a five-star rating and comment on whatever podcast platform you use. If you'd like to support the show financially, please check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash sentfromdisneyland. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at sentfromdisneyland or on Twitter at sentfromdisney. For questions and comments, send me a postcard address to... Sent from Disneyland, P.O. Box 44, Hood, California, 95639. This podcast is not affiliated with Disney, the United States Postal Service, or any post office or Disney properties. Opinions expressed on this podcast belong to its host and guest of the Sent from Disneyland podcast. 